What is up, doe? Welcome to another edition of the Pixel Roll Show. Is this on? Is this a podcast? Where we discuss an average NBA basketball team, your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is November 8th. 2017. It is a chilly evening here in the nation's capital. Uh, with me today to bring me warmth, someone that I can always count on uh, in these dark times of DC sports fandom. My main man, Rashad Mobley. Rashad, what is cracking, bro? How are you? I'm good. I liked everything except the concept of me bringing you warmth. That's a little weird. But, you know, <laughs> Oh, okay. well, well, maybe it's the alcohol. I don't know. What are you drinking tonight? What do yeah. you got? Uh, I'm drinking Deer Park right now. Okay. Oh, oh. you training or something? Or No, I just haven't gotten started yet. Yeah, I just put the kid to bed. Uh, so, Rashad, uh, how the hell have you been? You know, I, I've had the people, you know, like Jalen Rose, give the people what they want. You know, they're... They want some pod. They, they want me to talk about the Wizards as a little hiatus, just a little figuring out, you know, life, stuff like this. And uh, it, it's kind of like, you know, you're a man of a lot of sexual uh, innuendos and uh, shenanigans. Uh, I feel like blue balls. <laughs> like, I feel like I need to get this out <laughs> of this basketball team, Rashad. Uh, do, do, do you feel similar here uh, at the beginning of the season? I feel like before we post this, we have to have a, a, a label or like a, a rating on here. You know, <laughs> there, there's warmth, there's there's blue balls. Well, I, I, have you been know, in a long, I'm in a long situation, Rashad, so, you know, it's a little, you know, I haven't got some nookie lately, so, you know, it's a little, a little rough here in these parts. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. I know. Woe is fucking me. Uh, before we get into this uh, shitty basketball team, how was uh, Halloween? Uh, what was the little guy? How, how did it all go with the candy? Um, he was the Hulk. Um, it was a very realistic looking um, costume. He got a lot of compliments on it. Unfortunately, it was a little, it was chilly that day. So I'd say after about 20 minutes, Niles was ready to pack it up and head on in. Now, did you uh, eat any of his candy? Or? Uh, I may have, may or may not have dabbled in it over the... You know, the following days, I, you know, it was, he doesn't, he's not really a candy eater, so. He oh, oh, man, that's great then. <laughs> he likes the lollipops, and then after that, he, everything else is pretty much, you know, he doesn't care, so. Yeah, I was really bummed, I was really bummed at work the other day, because, you know, we had all this candy, and I go into the candy, uh, you know, a couple of days after Halloween last week, and all that's left is Almond Joy's. I'm like, really? Like, I guess Halloween's now officially over. Is that the the remaining thing is Almond Joys? I hate Almond Joys, so I did not partake in them. Uh, are you an Almond Joy fan? I'm not. It's, it's a little complicated to eat. It's a little, there's too many too many peaks and valleys. I, need, I like my candy smooth, so no, nah, I'm good on that. Yeah, I, I don't have some Twizzlers and stuff, but uh, did you dress up, you and the missus? I, I actually... Well, yes, I, as a Wizards fanatic, I had the headband, I had a shirt, uh, I had Wizards socks. I, I was the whole nine. Do you remember, the, remember that that big over heavy set guy that used to be at the Wizards games that dressed up? Whatever happened to that guy? I don't. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. Yeah. And the, and the guy who's always pushing it up, raising the roof. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he's an actual fan. I think the other guy worked for the team. I have some photos uh, from back in the, the the dark, dark days of 2010 of you know Andre Bloch and Nick Young uh, being and Javale McGee being jackasses. Uh Rashad, you know we're doing a little quick pod. You know over the last few weeks we've been trying to get together. Uh, you know up and down here. You're you're Washington. Let's just get some stats here. Your Washington Wizards currently sit at five and five on the season. I could probably argue that they maybe should be eight and two, possibly nine and one, and instead they are five and five, uh, not taking advantage of weak opponents. They've now lost three home games in a row, two to very inferior opponents. Uh, Blue Lakers games, so those three losses right there, which is how I got to eight and eight to two, and you know they should have maybe won the Warriors game. They played well enough to win that one. Uh, instead, they are five and five, and you are what you are. Uh, you know, rest in peace, uh, Mr. Denny Green. What what is your take here, Rashad? Like of the season before we get into uh, dissecting what what the hell is going on, but just your overall sense of this new season here for the Wizards. You know, they this team is playing and acting and performing as if they're owed something, as if. What happened last year is enough to kind of front them 10 victories or front them some respect. And they're, they don't seem to realize that, number one, the East is exponentially better and deeper than it was last year. Number two, they're not sneaking up on anybody this year. They're, they're not the Huntees anymore. They're definitely the Hunted. And number three, they already they had to deal with just a little adversity with um, last year it was just Wall being out, but now, you know, Morris has to get back into playing shape. Wall was banged up a little bit. They shuffled the lineup a little bit, and so there there are a lot of factors, and they're not they're not handling them well. At the same time, I'm not. I mean, last night was terrible, and we can get into that. But I'm not supremely worried because if you look around the NBA, there are a lot of good teams losing to inferior teams like Oklahoma City losing to Sacramento and Cleveland losing to Atlanta. You know, so that's it's pretty pervasive around the league, so the Wizards aren't uh they're not alone, but at the same time, one of the things that I said and wrote prior to the season is that the Wizards would have an advantage because unlike so many other teams around them in both the East and West, they have the same starting five and they have the same core that they've always had. So they have an advantage where they should start off the season fast and, and they did not. So, you know, I, I, I think that I hope last night was a wake up call. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, they could lose to the Lakers and then you've gotten swept by a team that you're much better than. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We we were recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, the Wizards fell to the Mavericks Last night, they play the Lakers twice in a row in less than two weeks. Uh, tomorrow night at the uh, Cap One Arena. Is that what we're calling it? Uh, the, the the vault? I'm not going... I'm not in on the vault yet. Are you? I mean, I... I have, you look, wrote, have you called it the vault on Twitter or anything you wrote? I mean, the phone booth is just so into my DNA, I just can't give it up because... Ted Leonsis, you know, wants to squeeze in people for some extra money. Yeah, I've, I've done no such thing. In fact, depending on where <laughs> you are in the city, you can still see MCI Center signs. So, 
Well, yeah. I mean, it was a smooth transition from MCI to, to Verizon to, to call it uh, the phone booth. Uh, now, you were mentioning about the slow slow start or st- staggered start, I would say. I mean, when I look at this so far, they're 5-5, five and five, right? 10 games. I really can really just say that they've only really played well probably Toronto, right? I mean, without Wall, Beal goes off. You know, they win a game in Denver. Uh, so, you know, you got to take a road win. And it helped them to, to get that West Coast uh, trip out early. But there's no... in Sacramento's terrible. They shot well. So maybe, you know, Sacramento and Toronto were probably their two best wins. I mean, even in, like, Philly and Detroit home wins, they, you know, they could have lost both of those. You know, they just turned it on at the end. Do you just... It just feels like even in their wins, it's either against inferior opponents, you know, or... Or, like, like, hey, yo, you won a game in Toronto without Wall. You know, Kyle Lowry, you know, freaking out on the ref helped that matter. But Beal went off. But then, the, then they followed up with that dis- debacle uh, last night. Rashad, you know, I haven't got a chance, you know, a lot of family and stuff to just sit and, you know, do, uh, you know, my time-wasting moments where I just tweet away and watch Wizards games by myself on, uh, you know, a weekday night. And, the, and last night, I had a chance. First time all season, I really had had an opportunity. You know, I've been DVRing the games and stuff, but just to watch it live. And, dude, like, I was disinterested in this game as much as the Wizards were. Like, I kept looking up, and, like, I just knew, even when they made that late run, it was just over from the jump. I mean, it just felt like, you know, we can go into, like, what, what your take was. I mean, you were there at the game. Uh, you know, we had messages during it. And it just seemed that, you know, and I hate those cliches, Rashad, like, that team wanted it more, you know, or, you know, whatever. And that just seems like some overwrought bullshit. But, like, yo, it kind of applied. It's like the Dallas Mavericks, 1-10, took it to the Wizards from the, from the start, and they never really responded, aside from maybe, like, a late run there uh, in, the, in the third, fourth, fourth quarter there. Well, before the game, and I don't remember, I think it was um... – Chris Miller, who asked this question, basically asking Scott Brooks, how do you get your team to take Dallas seriously and to not overlook them? And Scott Brooks was pretty candid. He was like, look, I can tell them and I can let them know all, you know, all I can. But at the end of the day, when the ball is tipped, they have to know that they have to play as if they're vulnerable and can't be beat. And you come out the gate and, you know, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. scores seven points, all seven on John Wall. Let me, let me, you know, all of them. And I'm sorry, he didn't score seven points. He scored five points because it was a Nowitzki layup. But even the one he didn't score, he assisted on, and he he outplayed John Wall. And just from the gate, a fucking rookie, a fucking rookie, you know. Well, it's not. No, that. no, he's. I mean, he's got talent. I mean, he's a good guy. I mean, a good player. But I mean, this is what his twelfth game in the NBA, and John Wall is a you know multiple All Star. But as I discussed on the podcast that I cheat on you with. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we go. Talk about sex. I mean, shit. We're talking about blue balls. We're talking about rendezvous. I mean, all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's one of the reasons why this last night's game concerned me is that Wall he tends to try to overplay against the great or the good point guards and he did it against Lonzo Ball just did a lot of extra moving a lot of 
exaggerated crossovers instead of making the simple basketball play. And yesterday, Dennis Smith was able to expose, do something that Kyle Lowry couldn't. He doesn't have the game for and He wasn't on the court long enough. Is that John Wall gambles on defense. Sometimes he tries to play the free safety instead of trying to guard his man. And I'm not going to say that Dennis Smith Jr. is quicker than John Wall, but he was able to exploit that. And that that was a theme throughout the first quarter. I mean, after the game, Rick Carlisle said that Dennis Smith Jr. looked like a professional basketball player tonight. He was, that's how impressed he was with his effort. And that came at the expense of John Wall. And so I feel like if we're looking for culprits, if we're looking for, for who to blame this game on, it starts with, I mean, the rebounding was bad. The defense was, the defense was bad. But John Wall did not set the tone like you want your point guard to do. Yeah, I agree with that somewhat. I mean, the bench, once again, is a debacle, and I want to get into that. And and also, John Wall was coming off of that cheap-ass screen from Channing Fry, fuck him and his podcast, uh, and for him to come back. But yeah, you're, you're correct. I mean, this team is, the Mavericks were 1-10. Uh, and it's not just the Mavericks, dude, it's also the Suns. I didn't even mention that, right? I mean, you give up, what, 40-some points to TJ Warren? Uh, yeah. And... And I guess it was just this is a segue into the defense, Rashad. Like I was just sitting there, you know, as a nerd, as you know, as a two-time champion uh, basketball coach here, uh, the Boys and Girls Club here in Washington D.C. Uh, trying to get my guys to play fucking man-to-man defense, see ball in the man, and fundamentals like help hedge, all this stuff. Dude, I just can't figure out what the hell the Wizards are doing. Like, are they playing man under the icing? Are they? doing these strategies, and, like, I just watch, and it's just kind of like, yo, my guy beats me, then let's just get the inbounds and run the other way. Like, when, Rashad, when did this team turn into the Eddie Jordan Ots? <laughs> are, are we back again? we got the big three <laughs> with Wall, Beal, and Porter uh, playing at extreme levels. You know, you can even maybe, I don't know, if you want to say Ubre's Antonio Daniels, I don't know. What do you want to say? But, like, it's like there's just no interest at all in defense. And I know that's like a narrative that's been pounded and they keep talking about uh, on the postgame show. And I went off on a Twitter, uh, some of those blue balls I was mentioning the other. I got them out in the tweets last night. And they were just kept talking about effort, hustle, effort. And I was like, yo, man, we got Jody Meeks, Mike Scott, uh, Frazier, Mahimi who can't run or jump, and Ubre. I was like, are those guys really going to play fucking defense if they hustle more? I just feel like it's a bigger picture thing. Now, Grant, I'm not saying the starters or, you know, they can do things here and there, but what is your take on just this whole defense and what are they even doing? I mean, I even think I am due to say, hey, ask Scott Brooks, like, what the plan is. I mean, he's pissed. I mean, this isn't, there is a plan, there is a strategy. I mean, they're actually trying to do stuff on defense, but it just doesn't seem like. It, it's always like they get beat, no one no one helps, or they switch, and all of a sudden we got a big on a little guy. And it's, well, just, it's, it's just constantly happening, and I don't really understand it. it. I mean, part of it is is gambling. I mean, at different points last night, Markeith Morris went for a steal and gambled, and John Wall did the same, or, you know, on a fast break, Bradley Bill went in the wrong place, and then there were effort plays that weren't there. Berea just stealing a rebound from Gortat, and uh, I don't know. Oh, no, you're, you're, you're correct. I mean, the effort was totally not there. I just hate when they just, it's like Ray Whitman effort kind of shit, you know? That's where I get it. 
kind of like fed up. But you're right. Like anyway, keep going. And and then you have Morris is out of shape. I mean, he's he's trying. Oh, he's yeah. not. He's not. He doesn't look as bad as he did when he first came back. But he's just not there yet. And when you're not in shape, and when you're not flowing on offense, you don't. You aren't exactly motivated to play on defense. And it's just these things have snowballed. And it. I'm sorry. It starts with the point guard. It starts with John Wall. And you know maybe you get a get a few steals, or maybe you you get fast breaks off. You know, off defensive principles or something you do to pump your team up, and it just wasn't there last night. But that's been it's been a theme the whole, the entire season. Every game he comes out and says we're, we're not playing defense, or Scott Brooks says we're focusing on defense. We have to play, and it, and it's about effort. I don't even think it's about schemes, like you said with Randy. Oh, Randy. You, don't, you you don't think it is scheme at all. I mean, maybe I'm just trying to look too wonky into it. You're just I mean, like, yo, it's like, yo, beat, like, fucking D up your guy, is what you're saying, right? <laughs> well, that's part of it. And also, last night, I, I think that part of it was a, a failure of Scott Brooks to recognize that the lineup he had wasn't wasn't doing anything. And, you know, when he went to Jason Smith, all of a sudden, it cut the lead. You know, I think it was a 11 or 12 old run. But Jason Smith was playing with effort, was playing with high energy, and... You know, it got to the point where uh, Rick Carlisle had to sub out uh, Majiri, I think that's his name, mm-hmm. and, he, and he had to put Dirk back in. You know, so I, you know, part of it was an adjustment. I mean, what's proving my point is when Jason Smith came in and was playing with energy, he got a block shot, he was running the floor, he got rebounds, and all of a sudden they went on a run. So, you know, maybe part of it is, is the failure of Scott Brooks to recognize the adjustment that needed to be made, but. They, they, had, they had no answer for uh, Harrison Parnes either. I thought he was. Uh, well, okay, pretty, now pretty I'm going to go back to your point. That had to have been schemed because, as as our colleague Troy asked um, Harrison Barnes, was he surprised at how many times he was isolated at the top of the key with John Wall? He was like, I guess they didn't think it was an ISO score. That 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 was schemed. John Wall should not have been at the top of the key guarding Harrison Barnes as much as he was because he was well, torturing him. Well, why was John Wall guard? Fuck, I'm. I'm gonna, it's my own podcast. I go for rant. Why is John Wall guarding LeBron James in the clutch, in clutch time? Now, though LeBron was making shots that were just ridiculous. It didn't matter who was on him. But like, I was like, really? Like, why is John Wall continually guarding LeBron James? Where he like crushed our soul on that game? Uh, did you feel that? And I said it to you. I almost felt like LeBron was like, fuck you, Trump, in that game. <laughs> no, I, I think I think exactly what it was. I mean, just just look at the, the list of things that LeBron has had to hear. Last year, he had to hear, oh, we're, the Cavs are ducking the Wizards because they don't want to face them. That's why they slipped to the number two seed. And then, even once the Wizards were out of the playoffs, they had to hear, oh, they're, they didn't want to face us. We match up well with them. We think we can take them. Then the beginning of this year comes, and they, he has to hear the Wizards say, we're the best in the East, and we're not scared of them. Those things add up, and I know he heard each and every one of them, especially the last conversation where he's on a panel. The panel is Rachel Nichols, who he really likes, but then it's Paul Pierce, who he used to torch, and Wall and Bill, and I just think that he was fed up. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know what it has to do with Trump, but I, I, I think that he was fed up. And they were shorthanded because they didn't have uh, Wade, and I just think he was like, "I'm, I'm just gonna go." 
Well, we're trying, we got we got TJ Warren going for a career high. We got LeBron just making. I mean, LeBron's LeBron, right? But like he was making shots. Like he made like it was like his fourth or fifth crazy shot that he made, and, and the Wizards actually played good defense on him. And I was like, all right, like we're not going to win this game <laughs> because if you're going to make that shit, then this is kind of like tipper cap kind of deal. And then you have last night where it wasn't like one guy just went off; like the whole team just seemed, uh, you know, on a, on a different speed than the Wizards. And dude, they were thirty nine and twelve last year at home, and now we're two and three. And they never lost three games in a row at home last season, and they've already done that. And I mean, they have to write their ship here in Lakers. I guess moving forward, Rashad, is what you've seen, uh, you know, covering this game, watching it, this team as well, like. What are the solutions? And so that's where I went off of my rant, you know. Uh, you know, I didn't jizz or whatever, but, you know, I'll, I'll uh, edit that out, Rashad. But what I was going off last night is that, like, I don't know how I can make Tim Frazier good. I don't know how I can make Yamahimi jump. I don't know how I can make Mike Scott, like, stop shooting every time he touches it. Uh, I, I, I don't, is there any answer? I, I look at the bench and I look, you know, what, I can say, like, Hey, Tomas should get more run at the backup point guard. Like that's all I got. I, I mean, what, what is? You, I mean, there has to be changes. I mean, Scott Brooks is paid, you know, very handsomely to figure this out, and I'm sure he's just as frustrated as anyone listening to this podcast. But what do you see as fixes to any of this? Because, like, because I, the way I look at it is like, if the big three scores a lot, then they win. Kind of, right? And if the big three doesn't just go ball busters, then they lose. <laughs> I don't know. Well, number one, it's interesting after, and I'm in the process of writing about this, but after the Mavericks game, um, they were asked, why did they win this game? What was different? And uh, Rick Carr. Carlisle, Dirk Nowitzki, and Harrison Barnes all said it had everything to do with the last practice they held before the game. And he said that, um, particularly Harrison Barnes said that, you know, when you're as bad as they are, sometimes the coaches have a tendency to yell a lot and to really be heavy-handed with what the fix should be. And Dirk Nowitzki made a comment that because of the short preseason and the road trip, we really haven't had a lot of really good practices. And so day before the game they just went on they had a scrimmage and coach Carlisle put in a few defensive schemes but for the most part it was just a really intense scrimmage and everybody left feeling confident and so I think if you turn that to the Wizards you know they had a couple games and they went on the road and then they had a couple more and then they went on the road and so now we're in a stretch even though they lost the first game where they have three more home games they're going to be at home conceivably until next Tuesday it there's, there's time for games and practice and film study and practice and that's when maybe you help Marquise get and get into shape a little bit maybe you figure out now that you have all the tools at your disposal maybe he figures out what his stronger defensive rotations are and it's just to me there's a there's a time since there aren't any road trips to kind of figure out what you're going to do um and kind of shore up that starting five and shore up the bench rotation so that Okay, let's say you lose to the Lakers tomorrow, which is not good. But let's say you do. Jesus. Let's say you do, but then dark places, Rashad. Dark places. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> trying to paint a scenario by which you finish up, you beat Atlanta, and you beat Sacramento, and not maybe you don't beat them handily, but let's say you hold them under 100 points 
then you have something to build on going into uh, the home and home against against the Heat. So as far as the differences, I think as Scott Brooks hinted at yesterday, you're going to see Jason Smith play a little more, Mahimni play a little less depending on the matchups. I think that I disagree that the big three have to score big for them to win. I think that that has to happen. But I also think that Oubre, now, oh, yeah. now that he's shown that he, he's improved, the next step for him is to kind of anchor that second unit. Because um, I don't trust Tim Frazier. But to kind of anchor that second unit and play the way they played against Toronto when the bench played strong. And, you know, I... I I think that's that's kind of the key for the Wizards to win, where if the big three are out and you have a lineup of Frazier, Oubre, and Scott, you can still steal some points. And Because defensively, that unit is fine. Like, they play hard and they hustle and they help and they recover and close out. Sometimes they foul stupidly like Oubre does, but they play better. So the long answer to that is I think the practice is going to help. Um, I don't know if it's going to help tomorrow, but I think an extended home Stint with lots of practice will help them kind of get back on track because everybody's healthy again. But you don't see, you don't see you're just saying like, hey, we need Keith to get in better in shape. You know, Jason Smith's been banged up, and maybe you know decrease Mahimi's minutes a little bit. Like that's really it. Like there's no real other options aside from that, right? Like internal improvements. No, I mean there, there's no. I mean, there there are ro- drastic roster moves that they can probably make, but there's no. Oh, it's too early for that. I'm saying like, as in like a coach strategy. It's just kind of like, uh, and th- that's my point, Rashad. Like, I I don't want to go off on a whole. Well, I like you know, it's always like I don't want to do this, so I'm about to do it. Uh it's dude. We spent a hundred million dollars last uh, off season. I don't know. If people forget. Uh, they totally forgot on Comcast uh, when I was watching the post game show, which they now have another post game show of overtime. And some guy just goes off about last night's loss, and he's just going off, and he's almost reminds me of Stephen A. Smith, but he never really had. He didn't blame. It was just like this concept, like they need to play better defense, they need to hustle more, blah blah. blah. I was like, can anyone on the screen blame management? Is it not allowed? Ownership management. Because, like, they blame the coach. They blame the players. And, like, just no one talks about the fact that they signed Andrew Nicholson, Jason Smith, and Mahimi to over $100 million. And currently, they had to give up their first-round pick to get rid of Nicholson's contract, who's now even been stretched by Portland and now is out of the league. And Jason Smith has scored. How How many points do you think Jason Smith and Mahimi have scored? Come on. Uh, I have no idea. Although Jason Smith was hurt for a little bit, so yeah, that's right. He's played five games. My bad. Uh, let's just talk about our, our boy Yamahimi. Uh, he was played uh, in almost every game. Uh, he's averaging three point five points. Uh, he's averaging three point nine rebounds at sixteen mil a year. Uh, Jason Smith it was hurt. Uh, he's averaging three points a game. They've scored fifty points, Rashad, uh, combined. And that's not that's not the most disappointing part. The most really, really? you spent a hundred million dollars, and right now a year late, fifteen months later for a hundred million dollars, we got fifty points of the season. <laughs> no, I'm afraid to tell you what what sucks even more is that on a night when Majiri is 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 just killing the Wizards, and everyone else is getting to the basket and scoring with ease, Coach Brooks feels more comfortable with Scott Brooks in the game than he does Mahimni because. 
With who? Like, with, with who? He felt more comfortable with Jason Smith in the game. Than Mahimi, than, right? Than Mahimi, because he felt like Jason Smith could give him more energy and defensive presence, which is the whole point why Mahimi was brought in. Dude, I, f- I feel like Mahimi's just all of a sudden, I mean, sit aside his contract, which, you know, obviously, uh, you know, will still harp on the contract, but it's like he's become my, like, Michael Ruffin. He's become my, you know, like, like whatever, like, Darius Sangalia when he sucked, even though, you know, peace out there, uh, even though that's Kyle, uh, Mr. Kyle Weedai's favorite player, uh, wizard of all time. Uh, you know, it's like all of a sudden this is just this guy that is on the team that, he just doesn't do anything, man. Like I feel like he's still hurt. He can't jump. He can't rebound. Uh, he doesn't play defense. Uh, you know, him and Gortat can't play together. Uh, so he can't. They can't shoot threes. We're in the league of everyone shooting threes, and we got these two plotting big guys. And Gortat, you know, like he gets a lot of shit. I think I think he's been okay this season. Uh, and I guess I guess I guess before we go, I know I know that you. Uh, you know, this is a quick hot podcast. I, mean, I don't know what uh, operation uh, the the rival. By the way, you know, I have a podcast all summer. And now there's just podcasts all over. Like Wizards podcast, just everyone has a podcast. Uh, but we're gonna give you the real. And the thing is, is like, but going back is like, I feel like this is once again the bench is a negative, man. I mean, like, if you look at the stats, they're they're they score the least points in the league. Their plus minus is terrible. Uh, I do agree with you on the defense of the starters, Rashad, but, like, what the... Last year, like, I mean, the bench was one of the worst in the league. It was like, the Wizards starters were top five unit in the NBA, and the bench was so bad, and what did they do? They brought in Jody Meeks and Mike Scott, and then then Scott Brooks, and then Tim Frazier, you know, and then they don't draft any players, Rashad, and I, and I, maybe it's too early for these kind of rants, but like when I sit there and these people on TV just talk about the Wizards and all this stuff, it's like you have to mention these things. I mean, resources for players that don't work out. You don't draft players. We haven't developed anyone. I mean, Sheldon Mack uh, is like injury, like that, like detrimental to this team. They haven't developed anyone. And I have to say that, like, you know, Ubre has developed, Will Wall has developed, Beal has developed, like Porter obviously has developed. But like we're talking about flyers, Rashad, that guys like, you know, Jonathan Simmons or you know, or someone that some guy out of nowhere that just contributes, so Danny Green, or like, you know, I guess I mentioned two Spurs, but like Beverly. I mean, go down the list of guys who are just not drafted, PJ Tucker, like guys that aren't drafted high, second round picks that like become rotation players that become instrumental instrumental parts of your team and this franchise has just not done that at all and we just signed these retread guys and I feel like that still is relevant in this discussion maybe it's too early for me to say these things I mean what's your take on that yeah I I still think it's too early I think that you know as, as, as disappointing as they've been in spots their record after 10 games this year is still better than last year yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> they can still catch fire, and like I said, if, if it would be different if there weren't other teams taking these same kind of early season L's the way the Wizards are. But with the exception of Golden State and Boston, everybody's losing games they shouldn't lose. Everybody's, you know, their their starting lineups have been compromised by injuries or slow play, and so I think, you know, I I, I still so think so. Keep keep getting. 
keep getting in shape, getting healthy, becoming a cog in the rotation is really going to, I think, I'm going to say he's going to be a difference maker, but it really will change a lot of stuff, don't you, don't you think? I, I do, but at the same time, if after 20 games they are at or below 500, I think it's... I think it's realistic that you you need to start saying, okay, now this this is a little more serious for the simple reason that they've to a man, at least with Beal and and, and Wall, they've said that they felt like the difference. The reason why they didn't they didn't advance further in the playoffs last year is because they did not have a higher seed and they did not have um, home court in the Eastern Conference semifinals, and they felt like just a few more victories here and there they could have had a higher seed and they could have had more control over their destiny. Well, you don't get that by starting off. Well, five and five is okay. No, but they they blew three games and they lost to a one and ten team. Is the fourth one? I mean, it's ridiculous. And at spots in the Cle- in both the Cleveland and Golden State games, particularly Golden State, they were up. They oh, were up. oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Bill. I mean, I, I don't know if we should talk about the the dream on. Uh, that that was when I was like, man, I should have a mercy podcast, but. Draymond was such a bitch, man. Like Draymond reminds me of, like that guy in pickup man. This is always bitching, always thinks he gets fouled on anything. Like he's like he turns it over, he's like foul. You know what I mean? Like it's like, like I just don't, I just don't like that guy. And he got it. He for some reason, like it was like Ubre kind of flopped on a call, and he literally lost his shit for like twenty five minutes, like like in, in like real time. And then that was when the whole Beal thing happened. But what, I guess you're taking, do you feel like, you know, there's been a narrative out there. I mean, you know, LeBron when you know, you know Beal talk stuff about how they beat Cleveland. Gortat had some quotes about, you know, they need to shut up. Uh, you know, Wall, what did Wall, Wall had some comment too. Wall said the, the Cavs were ducking them. Uh, you know, they got in the national media here and there. And then, of course, LeBron comes out and, you know, drops a what, 57 piece on him. Uh, do you, what is your take on all that? Do you, do you feel, you know, Beal's always kind of talked this way and, and Wall's always been candid. So sometimes I look at that, but it's kind of weird to see uh, Gortat to be the one to say, not, don't say anything. I, I think they should stop talking. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think. Yeah, I think so. You know, too. It, just because you get asked the question, I mean, you can feel like you're the best in the East, and you can you can walk around with that internal strength. But I just don't think you should say it when you lost to Boston in seven games. Your best player did not play well. The eighth man on that other team had a career day, and then the team that ended up what representing the Eastern Conference killed Boston. And so, you're not only are you you may not be the best. You may not even be the second best. And just just shut up. Focus that energy on defense. Imagine how much differently the the narrative would be if the Wizards right now were the same record as the Celtics or a little better. Then they wouldn't have to sit there and trumpet how good they are and we're the best in the East. They would, you'd be seeing pieces on NBA.com and ESPN about look at the Wizards start. They've taken the step up from last year. You know, you let your game get the Spurs do it every year. Every year, the Spurs get written off by the media and they don't say anything. And you look up and it's like, whoa, they're seven and three, eight and two. Those are teams that can be taken seriously. If you just talk and you lose the big games, it's just not the same. Well, well, shot. I mean, 
Let's talk about some positive before we go. I, I know I'm taking a little bit longer, but we're about to end. I mean, Bradley Beal is averaging 25 a game. Uh, he went fucking bonkers. Uh, Otto Porter is shooting 52% from three, averaging 17 points. He's taking shots that are ridiculous. There's been no hanger of the contract. It looks like his game is improving. Kelly Oubre's confidence uh, on three-pointers. He is 52% from three. He's even shown a, an ability uh, to finish around the rim. Uh, you know, Wall, who I can't even say, like, you know, some of these games, I don't even, I mean, has there been a Wall game? Can you think of it? I mean, I guess maybe the first couple, he played well at the end, but, like, I feel like he has, even in, like, you know, the Nuggets game, he kind of struggled, and, you know, I think he took some questionable shots in, in the Golden State at the end. But he's still 20 and 10. Uh, so, you know, obviously the bench is what I focus on. But, yo, I mean, shit. Dude, our dude, the main dudes are shooting so well from three. The offense is working. I mean, they average the third most in the NBA right now. Offensively, they are eighth in efficiency. Uh, but they are 20 in defensive efficiency. Which is basically kind of similar to last year. So, I don't know. Are we just... Are we headed to some, like, 40, 40 games, 48 wins again or something? I mean, the East is so bad, but then you're right. Like, Orlando and Indiana and, and people that are scrappier than we thought uh, are out there. Don't you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't think the East is bad. I, I still think the the best team. And now with the Bucks and Bledsoe, right? I mean, right. Indiana's playing well. Detroit is playing well. You know, Charlotte yeah. has, has. Andrew some Andre Jobin can make free throws. Like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> right. And Charlotte has some players injured. I mean, I don't think the. I think that the the talent in the East is a little. It's distributed a little evenly now, and I I just don't think as Cleveland is finding Cleveland is finding out this year. You can't just go into certain places like you could before and just chalk up the the W. It's it's a bit of a challenge, and I think that's why the next ten games are so crucial for the Wizards because you cannot get yourself in the hole where you're going the wrong way and you're losing confidence and your defense is bad. And teams like Milwaukee, who now has uh, Bledsoe and Orlando and Indiana, are getting more and more confident, and you're you find yourself. Hell, Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon can make threes now. Like right. he, can't even, he can't even make a free, he couldn't even make a free throw, and now he's like bombing threes. <laughs> you don't want to find. And, and, and we always and we always liked Frank Vogel. We've always liked Frank Vogel as a coach. Uh, yeah, he's a smart guy. Okay, so right now, okay, this this look at this Wizards, and we're gonna end on this. Uh, so they play the Lakers tomorrow night. Are you going to that? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, uh, the Hawks Saturday at home. Uh, I don't even. It was Dennis Schroeder again, I guess. Uh, and then you have the boogie-less Sacramento Kings. It's weird to have you know, a Sacramento Kings game here without Boogie or Isaiah Thomas back in the day. And then they have a home and away with uh, the Heat. At the Heat. Home with the Heat. The Heat don't have Whiteside, who's destroyed the Wizards. So I don't know his health situation. And then at Toronto, at Milwaukee, at Charlotte... Home to Portland, at Minnesota, at Philly, to close out the month. Uh, shit, man. I mean, <laughs> I can't sit there and say, like, oh, they'll win. At, I mean, 
they got to rack up some wins here. I mean, they, they, they with the Lakers, the Hawks, the Kings, and two with the Heat, they got to go like 4 and 1 here. Or, because at Toronto, at Milwaukee, at Charlotte, Portland at home, uh, who they smoked last year, but like at Minnesota and at Philly are not winnable games, you know? I mean, are we. Are we just kind of treading water here, or do you feel like is there a run? I I feel like the the home stand is important. I mean, if, I think that they're they're they got to beat these bad teams, right? Right, but they're not they're bad teams. But they, they they the Wizards can't look at them like that. The Lakers have beaten them. The Hawks beat Cleveland the other night, and Sacramento just beat Oklahoma City. So they can't look at these as bad teams. It, they need. And Coach Brooks has to do a good job of, of kind of beating this in their head, but they need to look at them as these are opportunities for us to erase those bad losses and to get on the win streak and feel good before we go on the road. Because if you look at it like that and not games you're supposed to win, but just games you need to win to get your confidence up, you know, maybe, maybe you play a little differently, you know. So I, I don't, I wouldn't, they shouldn't box themselves in by saying these are games that, we should win because these are bad teams. It just needs to be couched a little differently. But that doesn't that doesn't dampen the fact, or that doesn't lessen the fact that they absolutely need to win these games, especially at at home. If you're if you want to be a home, if you want home to be an advantage the way it was, particularly towards the end of last year. You you have to start kind of reclaiming that. Okay, Rashad, I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna, you know since you found the uh, the time for me uh, and that. Cheat on me like uh, all those chicks on basketball wise. Uh, you, you, what has been your most surprising thing that you've seen for the season, or what is your most worrisome thing? Could be a player, coach, hell, it could be uh, anything about this team. The most surprising thing by far is Ubre. I think that he's. It's not just that he's shooting better and he's more confident, but he. He brings the ball up sometimes. I mean, he gets to the basket and he's finishing. And I think that's the most impressive thing. And he, every every young player says, I'm going to work on my game this summer. But you can see it. You can see it from the preseason and it's carried over. Even Jeff Van Gundy during the Cleveland game was marveling at how much Oubre had improved with ball handling, with everything. I mean, the only part he's been slow to come around on is the defense and even his temper a little bit. If he gets upset or he gets frustrated he'll commit a bad foul or a turnover but he's been my most impressive like i'm I'm impressed with him disappointing to me is tim frazier um oh, take away yeah, there we go the, the toronto game you know he looked good in spots he had eight assists and he you could tell that scott brooks was kind of in his head saying push the pace push the pace and need you to mimic john wall but he's not i mean look I think Sadoransky can do a much better job of being an offensive threat, not just running the team. I've seen too many teams sag off of Tim Frazier. There's, there's no fear. He doesn't really beat anybody off the dribble. He's not a good shooter. He's just kind of he's just out there. And I think Sadoransky, even though he's just as bad on defense sometimes as Tim Frazier, at least when he has the ball, he's a little taller. He can get to he's the basket. He's longer and more athletic. Right, right. And, and he's another one. I mean, you've only seen small sample sizes, but he's also playing with a lot more confidence this year than he had last year. And I think that when I see Sadoransky play and then I see Tim Frazier play, it's like I, I just think that if Sadoransky had the opportunities to run with Beal and Wall occasionally the way that Tim Frazier did, he would do just as good of a job, if not better, than Frazier. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what game was it like. Frazier was throwing up air balls and stuff. I was like, what is happening? And actually, the one that pissed me off last night was like the Wizards had the run. You know, they cut it down. They got a steal. And then he gets the ball in the inbounds and then just jacks up a 20-footer. <laughs> I was like, dude, you score. <laughs> like, no points. You're not a good shooter. And it's a long two, which drive me nuts. Uh, and I was like, oh, because he just had a little good spurt. And he had been playing well. But I know you've always been a man that has analyzed the uh, backup point guard position uh, for the Washington Wizards. And it's been, I mean... A black motherfucking hole. And Tim Frazier is not the answer. I don't know if there is an answer. Uh, you know, I hope he plays better. And I was almost like, it's like Rashad, like, like when I was watching him, I was like, all right, I'm being so critical of this guy, right? Right away. But it seemed to me um, that he seemed to be nervous and scared. But now it's just kind of like, maybe he's just not good. Uh, yeah, Rash- it's the latter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, Rashad. Uh, we went over time, but uh, thank you for uh, taking uh, the time, being back on the Pixel Roll. This is great. Hopefully, everyone enjoys it. Uh, are you covering any other games? Any, any any last final messages for the masses? Yeah, I'll be at the Sacramento and the Atlanta games next week. All right, perfect. Uh, I thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you'll probably be surprised that this thing shows up on your uh, phone or how you listen to podcasts. And as always. Go mother effing wizards. Peace out.